Hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Thank you so much for tuning in to Off the Bench today. I'm so glad that you guys are here. Today, my friend Mike Ferris is back on the show with me today, and we're going to continue talking about what's happening in the country and offer you some encouragement as you learn to find your place in the Republic. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Thanks for listening today. Uh, before we get going today, I wanted to remind you guys of a couple of things that are coming up. First of all, last weekend, I was supposed to be speaking for Church on the Rock. I did it on Thursday night, and then wouldn't you know it, Friday and Saturday and Sunday, we all got snowed in. And so we have rescheduled that for this weekend. So if you didn't get a chance to come, uh, you can come this weekend. So it's going to be tomorrow night, Friday the 19th, and then Saturday morning. I'll be speaking for Church on the Rock. Same thing I was going to do last weekend, except for I, by some miracle, I had this weekend open. So I offered to do it then as a reschedule. So if you didn't, weren't able to come the last time, you guys, you got another chance. All right. So this Friday night, I'll be speaking at Church on the Rock and then just Saturday morning breakfast. So we're basically starting at like nine in the morning. We'll be done by noon. It's a great opportunity if you come and be encouraged, bring a friend, eat some really good food. Friday night, we're going to have dinner. You guys are going to love it. Don't miss it. You can check it out. More information at Church on the Rock in Battleground, Washington. All right, you guys, without any more hesitations or any more uh, announcements, except for this, I did want to say this. Never mind. Scratch that. Uh, I'm editing myself right now because I wanted to say, Caitlin from Strongsville, Ohio, uh, thank you so much for your support of this podcast and your note of encouragement. My entire staff read it to me and she, uh, Caitlin has been an encouragement to everybody here at the staff. She said from homeschool encouragement, boldness in standing against COVID infringements, staying strong in our faith and passing on a legacy to our children. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What you're doing matters. Caitlin from Strongsville, Ohio. Thank you so much. You guys, your notes and encouragement to us, your financial support of this ministry is very, very important. And I just wanted to say thank you. We read every note, every gift, every financial gift that comes in is helping us to get this podcast out to lots and lots of people. So if you guys are encouraged by it, we want to encourage you to share it with everybody that you know. want to let you know I'm going to be uh, in Fredericksburg, Virginia on the 27th of February, and I'm going to be speaking in a barn. That's right. So if you're within driving distance of Fredericksburg, Virginia on February 27th, join me at the Glasgow Farm Church for Fighting for Your Godly Family. Seats are limited, so grab your ticket today. To register, go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash events. All right, you guys. Now we're going to go ahead and air part two of my interview with my friend Mike Ferris in progress. About six months ago, I was introduced to a book by Rod Dreher. I don't know if you've read it, uh, Mike, or not, but it's great. It's called Live Not by Lies. Rod came on the show with me last week, and we were talking about Marxism. Well, I was um, stalking your Facebook page, as I do often. <laughs> and you've been talking about this. You, you were talking about heading toward Marxism. And as you started your comments, you said it's hard to write about it without sounding alarmist. But we need to start talking about what that looks like. What is your perspective, um, given the fact that you've been watching the, what's happening politically in this country for so long, about how where we're going as a country, or if, if we're headed towards uh, Marxism, which it, I mean, my opinion is that we are, unless we, unless patriots start to get involved and get engaged. I don't think that it's lost, but I think, boy, it will be if we don't start getting out there. 
but what is your your perspective and what can listeners do to uh, to turn it around? Well, there is no doubt that we're on a, uh, a downward spiral towards Marxism and how how far down that spiral we are is you know a little bit of conjecture but it's it's not a good place that we're at today and if you read the promises of the current administration they tend to take us a lot further down that spiral uh in several key areas um but the um the response is you know what can we do in response well the the um, the last election i mean everything was really pretty close um, there's an old saying in politics about, you know, I'll tell you this one thing about election integrity. Uh, don't let it be close because they'll steal it. Uh, you know, it, yep. it, so we, we have to, we have to maximize our participation at every possible, uh, opportunity. And we won a lot of local elections. We won a lot of state elections. We're in really pretty good shape in state legislatures and in, um, in, in other various state offices, state attorney generals were in pretty good shape. Um, you know, in, in many states, not you know, not I, I grew up in Washington State, as you know, but yes. most people don't necessarily know that. So, You're my, Sp- aren't you a Spokane guy? Oh uh, yeah, uh, Facebook. Eastern. Or, uh, Wikipedia says that I was born in Spokane, but it's it's not true. I went to law school there, but I just keep it oh. up there because um, I, I grew up in Kennewick. Um, uh huh. In southeastern Washington, I just and, spoke in Kennewick. I love it over there. Yeah, and so I went to college in Walla Walla, Bellingham, and law school in Spokane. But and anyhow, it, you know, not every state, including Washington State, my home state, is is very good about um, these issues. But a lot of states are are really in pretty good shape, and so we can win local races. And a lot of lot of local uh, issues are the most important issues in a lot of people's lives, and. Um, you know, school issues are local and state, and for the most part, uh, they should all be local and state if the Constitution is being followed. But the, the the basic issue is we've got to just simply keep at it. And 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 the, the other thing is we got to be organized. I mean, uh, there's this one call I got a day before the November election. No, no, it was the day before the special election in Georgia from some guy who met me at some conference someplace. He was in he wasn't in Georgia. It was a near, nearby state. He wanted to know what he could do on the day before, the afternoon before the election, to mm. turn as if his individual action at that late moment was going to do anything. The only thing I could tell him was pray. I have no idea. Yeah. And I, I yeah. wanted to frankly yell at the guy for you know. You waited you, too long. Yeah. Well, a you wait too long, and b people like you and me have a have a problem that we think the only way stuff gets done is if we do it as an individual. It doesn't work that way. Mm. You got to get organized. And, you know, I had involvement in the, in generation Joshua. I I'm the founder of it. There were hundreds of kids down on the ground in Georgia, passing out literature. That was organization. People can go with them. They can give money to it. But unless you're going to get organized, the left knows how to get organized. Yes, they do. And they were organized. And we got to stop thinking that it, that it's um, that we can do it on our own. We need to join up with people who are doing this. We need to join with the Family Research Councils. We need to join with Alliance Defending Freedom. We need to join with Heritage Foundation. We need to join 
with your family policy council and your local group and your local party and all that stuff. You got to you got to be a part of an organization if you're really going to have impact, because while one person's efforts matter, the Bible tells us how, how important collaboration is, because it says one can drive out a thousand, but two can drive out ten thousand. Well, that you just carry that math out a little bit. You got a hundred people. You can do a whole lot. I mean, you can do a whole lot with a hundred people. You get a hundred people organized. In fact, I've said this for years. If you send, if a hundred people from a state legislator's district would send him or her a letter saying, "Please climb an apple tree and sing, I want to hold your hand in Swahili," it'd probably do it because a hundred letters would overwhelm them. <laughs> and, and so um, you, you absolutely uh, can have an impact, but you have a whole lot more impact if you get organized. And so go find a hundred of your friends that are mad about what's going on, get them organized to deal with local issues and with state issues. And, you know, then you'll, get, you'll make relations with people who work on national issues and if we act in community on these things, we're going to have a lot more effect. The left does this extremely well. And we're, we can't just be a bunch of individual, you know, uh, lone rangers that think they're going to solve anything on the last day before the election by calling up somebody. And he's going to give them the, the silver bullet and tell them what to go do. And that guy, one guy, is going to turn that election around on the afternoon before the election. That yeah. chance. So yeah. get organized and be smart about how we're acting. Well, and I think now's now's the time, right? When you're saying getting organized, what people should be doing right now is looking ahead to the 2022 elections. So now, you know, we're we've licked our wounds long enough, right? It's uh, it's February now, <laughs> so I think we had a moment. I did. I mean, I took a moment. I I grieved over what happened. I looked at I looked at the situation our country is in, and I prayed about it with my family. And now my family and I and everybody that we know here at the Homeschool Resource Center and in the the networks that we have created over the years. We're formulating a battle plan. People should be looking ahead right now, right, to the 2022 elections. Indeed. And in some places, I mean, Virginia, we have elections every year. Our, our state elections, and Kentucky's on that as well, uh, our state elections are on odd-numbered years. So we have, we're voting for governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general, and all the House of Delegates. The state Senate's not up for election, but the House of Delegates is. and. I mean, there's, it, it's like the French Revolution going on in Richmond right now, and we've got to turn it around. Mm-hmm. So we're in Fredericksburg next week. We need to be involved in uh, those elections right now. And there's a lot of places that the, even though the state elections are on the even number cycles, the local elections in a lot of places are on odd number cycles. And so there's always something going on. Mm-hmm. And so being involved right now, but looking toward the 22 2022 elections is a big deal, uh, and, and we need to be, uh, you know, looking for candidates that will uh, carry the, the weight. And I, and I would tell people that, you know, the number one thing candidates need are, are two things: is volunteers and money. And if you can, uh, if you find somebody, you know, your local congressman that you don't like them, or they're, they're okay or they're safe, well, send some money across the country to somebody who thinks like you. And it is, you know, is running because their voice is going to help no matter where they're from. And so if, you know, 10,000 people would send, you know, a conservative candidate a hundred bucks, that's, that's a million dollars. 
And yep. so, you know, that that would make a lot of difference. And so we need to keep our eyes open. We need to be, be, keep our wallets open and we need to put our money and our actions where our mouth is. You know, if, complaining on Facebook only has so much power. What? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're killing me. <laughs> but, but, you know, if you're doing that to get people act to act, take action, that's, that's a far different thing than just, you know, likes and shares are good. Right. Writing checks are better. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's what Keith Green said, right? He was just like, you know, how about you? How about we start getting onto the battlefield? How about we stop talking about it? How about we start saying, you know, Lord, send me. I'm willing to go. I think there are a lot of people who are listening to this right now. There are lots. We have a lot of new listeners here, a lot of men listening to this now who've been considering for a long time. What can I actually do? I think people feel so overwhelmed by it. And it feel it does feel overwhelming. Uh, but there are lots of things. I mean, you said earlier, all politics is local. So look and see what's happening. I mean, why are, why do we have drag queens in our libraries? Because of the library boards. That's why. Because people who, I mean, while the while the right is uh, talking about, you know, uh, what they want to do individually, you're absolutely right. The left is completely organized. It seems to me that when the right gets into power, we don't use it. I feel like that's a problem too. So maybe we need to start looking at who is representing us now and start saying we need to get people in there who actually want to get things done instead of host dinner parties and uh, write articles for the New Yorker. Yeah, well, the um, the reason that voices like QAnon get an audience is pretty easy to figure out. Republicans have campaigned as if they're conservatives, and then they get to Washington, D.C., and too many of them, not all, but too many of them govern, you know, in the center or left. They, they govern far to the left of where they promised they were going. Yes. They're not full-on Democrat, but they're to the left of where they promised, where they can. And, and so that kind of duplicity um, is, is simply – you know, people are are fed up with, it and and with good reason, and 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 that kind of action brings a hunger for somebody to at least tell them, you know, the truth. And so, if, if the only alternative out there is some person that is not even close to reality, um, you know, they become believable because, you know, anybody with with you know reason and common sense will say, yeah, there's too many people in Congress that are that are not living up to the campaign promises. That's a rational conclusion. And so you look for people that reach that same rational conclusion. Well, there are people that reach that conclusion and will tell you the truth uh, and haven't sold out to the, to the swamp, but you got to find them. And we mm-hmm. got to promote and protect the people that, that are, are brave enough to do that. And so, you know, the, the, uh, the people that, you know, consistently stand up for what's right, you know, using the U.S. Senate as a, a measure and not just gauging it over the last couple, three weeks, but right. looking for time. The, the people that, that I know that are consistently trustworthy are, you know, the Ted Cruz's, the Josh Hawley's, the Mike Lee's, um, Tom Cotton, and, mm-hmm. and a few others like that. They're, they're, they're about probably uh, six Tim Scott's generally really good. Um, there are six to 10 uh, Republican senators that are just really trustworthy. 
And those people need to be praised. Those people need to be supported. And the rest of them, we need to, you know, help them see the light or help them feel the heat, one or the other. Um, and it's, it's not going to be until the Republican Party starts governing in the way that they they campaign. I mean, even President Trump, I, you know, President Trump did so much good for, for the area I, I live every day, the judiciary. He did more than anybody else ever in my lifetime mm-hmm. to, to get the judiciary straight. Yeah. But when we were con- when the Republicans were in control of both houses of Congress and everybody had campaigned on shutting down Planned Parenthood, we didn't do it. We yeah. didn't do it. And we could have done it. All we had to do is say, okay, if you send me a budget that has any money for Planned Parenthood in, I'm going to veto it. And stick with it. We didn't do that. We said, well, we'll do it next time. And then we lost uh, some interim seats and it, we lost, you know, to Nancy Pelosi getting control of the House for the last two years and we lost our, our chance. Well, people stop losing, believing when, when you don't do, deliver what you promise. And, you know, if the Republicans ever get back into control of, of all three branches of the, you know, the federal elected system there, um, they have got to get rid of Planned Parenthood funding once and for all, or else mm-hmm. nobody will ever believe them again. And so um, mm-hmm. hold people accountable for, for promises like that. Yeah, when you see people heading to uh, to Washington, D.C., we got to learn to hold their feet to the fire. And I think the same thing is true locally. We've had so many issues here locally in uh, where I live in Clark County, Washington. And I know a lot of places that are sort of run by uh, the, you know, we're heavily influenced here by Portland and what's happening in Multnomah County. And it bleeds over into uh, Clark County, into more conservative areas. But the conservatives are not fighters by nature. And I think that's probably another piece of it. One of the things that I have so admired about you uh, for so many years is that you are a fighter. You you are not you are a guy who is not going to give up. You're going to get actually put your money where your mouth is. I think we've got a lot of people talking. Social media is certainly uh, you know not helping in many many ways, but a lot of people talking. And I think you know what's that old song? You know, a little less talk and a lot more action. That's kind of where we are right now as a nation. Yeah. Well, that's true. I mean. Some people uh, have accused me of being a trained Doberman Pinscher. Uh, other people uh, dispute that because they don't know that I've been trained all that well. Um, <laughs> they, they see the Doberman part. But, but that does remind me of an important principle, and that is um, I have learned, um, you know, I've been, I've been in Christian legal political work full-time since 1980, so now 41 years. And, and so the, I have, I've had to learn that when I'm trying to get a message out, when I'm in court, when I'm in the legislature, when I'm talking to grassroots, we have got to uh, get the lyrics right. We've got to be true to the Constitution. We've got to be true to the Word of God. We've got to have a true message um, and good lyrics. But if we don't have a pleasing melody, then... Hmm. And we're, and we're going, the, the message will get lost. And so I, I really um, would encourage us, you know, we, we don't need to call people names. We don't need to, uh, uh, you know, use their tactics. We, we should attack ideas, not people. Hmm. We, should, um, uh, we should argue for what's right. We should argue for good. We shouldn't hesitate. I mean, people listening to me. You know, I haven't hesitated to, you know, point out what's, what the problems are. You don't have to hesitate. You don't have to be namby-pamby 
to be to be able to sing the song sweetly. But you you do have to exercise some prudence and discretion. And and uh, you know we uh, you know you won't hear me calling uh, President Biden names. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't like the fact that he's the president of the United States, but he is the president of the United States. And so I'm I'm going to you know I'm going to pray for him. I'm, I'm praying Micah six eight for President Biden. Mm, the love, justice, and mercy. That's right. And he would walk humbly with God. Yes. Um, and so you know something that frankly every president uh, should have prayed for them. And mm-hmm. and so um, the um, uh, we we can do a better job of and in the middle the people that are in the middle and and listen to the uh, elect going to be influenced by our demeanor mm. as much as they are by our message they're they're going to be turned off by some of the radical stuff that's going on in um, uh, you know in in various legislatures. I mean, I, I, I would, in Virginia, we, we just, I just found out today from our family policy council that they've introduced a, a measure that treats you hiring a babysitter as a business and a public accommodation and that you cannot discriminate on the basis of LGBT issues. Oh my word. Hiring of your own babysitters. Um, that's going to get, every sensible parent's attention. Mm-hmm. And now if we attack those people by simply pointing that out and saying, this is an invasion of what's right. Now, if, if you gratuitously, you know, call them a bunch of names, you're going to lose some votes that you would have gotten if you'd have just pointed out the problem and say, we got to do something about this. Mm-hmm. So I would just encourage us all to, to learn, to fight the issues, fight the problems, and, and leave the name column to the other side. Yeah, just to elevate the conversation, I think that is one thing that I have been uh, uh, sad to see, probably in the last eight years for sure, that the conversation has really just gone down into the swamp. I feel like that's where everybody's having the conversation. And so we're using a language that really belongs just in the swamp. So I love that. I wrote that. I was, uh, you know, taking notes as you're talking, and I wrote down, you know, demeanor is always going to uh, determine how many people hear the message. And it really does. It really does matter. I have been, uh, I'm so encouraged by you. I always am. And one of the great warriors for freedom in our country. I love that you still have hope. You're not, you're you're not giving up. Am I right? I'm not giving up. I'm, I'm staying busy. We're expanding. And I do want to go back to one thing you uh, mentioned a while ago, and I I didn't wrap back to it is, is, uh, um, the people being afraid of, of the losing their jobs for the cancel culture and other things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, ADF is, has taken a close look at that issue because, you know, one of the fundamental issues we have to just had to decide is how do we distinguish between Facebook shutting people down and uh, uh, big banks and big insurance companies shutting down pro-life and pro-family organizations because they don't like their politics. How's that different from Jack Phillips? not wanting to do a same-sex wedding cake in Colorado. Mm-hmm. The answer is this. We, after a lot, lot of thinking and talking, we figured it out. Free enterprise is the right answer, but free enterprise has never meant monopolies. And where there is a monopoly occurring, whether it's a philosophical monopoly or a financial monopoly, they're illegal and they, they violate not only the spirit of free enterprise, 
and the principles of free enterprise, they violate the law as well. And what we're seeing is the forming of a philosophical cabal that's designed not to say that one person can not serve a particular individual. That's not what's going on. It's designed to lock a whole group of people out of the economy and public life. Yes. That is a violation of fundamental principles. And we are researching methodologies. And so if people, uh, we're not ready to start taking cases this yet, but if people have had individual issues, go to the ADF website and, and you know, look at the contact us information. I want to start hearing about this because we're looking at ways that we can start helping. We're not ready to do it quite yet. We're a few weeks away, but this is something that we're actively pursuing. And, uh, you know, if somebody's sitting out there with, you know, a couple of $3 million they're looking to invest, uh, you know, send it our way. And then I know how I'm going to, to, to uh, spend that money. We'll, we'll, we'll start this kind of an enterprise, which is a new, uh, would be a new team for us and a new uh, segment for us, but somebody's got to do this. And, and, you know, being an organization that's got, you know, over 300 employees, we're in the best position to, uh, to probably, probably to take it on in the country. Well, it's probably one of the most important parts of what's happening in the culture right now. I mean, the cancel culture is is real and people are losing their jobs and they are losing their reputations and they're losing it for no reason other than the fact that they're conservative. And that should be alarming. I would think even a leftist would be alarmed by that. And so uh, I'm glad to see I'm glad to see you guys. Uh, well, I could just see you. I got a picture of you on your on your horse, all brave hearting it up to up to Facebook, you know. This will be this will be great. I'll if I get three million dollars, I will send it to ADF. You have my word on that. <laughs> well, Mike Ferris, uh, you are a national treasure, and I mean that with my whole heart. I so appreciate you coming on and just encouraging listeners today not to give up. Our republic is worth fighting for. The ideals that this country was founded on are good, and they are worth defending. And you have been a champion uh, for freedom and for homeschooling for a long time now. And I just wanted to say, hey, thank you so much for not just for obviously thank you for coming on my show, but for what you have done uh, both personally and professionally. And I know it has involved a great deal of sacrifice on your part and uh, you're demonstrating what it what it looks like to actually live for and fight for freedom so thank you so much for coming on the show my pleasure Heidi uh, Godspeed in all that you're doing on this show and, and otherwise thank you so much if you guys want more information on Mike Ferris and the Alliance Defending Freedom obviously Homeschool Legal Defense Association which we talk about all the time here on the show I'll link back to those things in the show notes today if you've got three million dollars sitting around ADF would like it to help fight cancel culture thanks for tuning in today you guys we really appreciate it and I'll see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture for more encouragement visit me online at thebusymom.com 